I'm Danielle, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the winter premiere of The Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things related to CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B, as always, and with me is one of our fabulous co-hosts, Lauren Galloway. How are you doing today? I'm great, Andy. Thanks. Uh, and with us, uh, who's going to be filling in for Scott while he's um, he's gone for a few weeks and so on, he is uh, one of the great hosts of DCL Accident. He was here last week with us on the special edition covering season two so far, and he's Jason Inman. So, Jason, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your super fast, lightning-y podcast. <laughs> yes, this will... This is, you know, for a packed episode, we're gonna. This might feel. This is probably gonna feel like a flash discussion. Um, but before we get to that, we are gonna talk some brief flash news, and one of that is a little bit pertaining to Legends Tomorrow because, um, you know, under the time of recording, we're one day away from the series premiere, and in an interview, um, with uh, was it IGN, Jason, that you that you? Yeah, Mark Guggenheim talked to IGN, and he's in this interview stated that it would be a long time before we saw any of the Legends of Tomorrow characters back on their original shows, meaning that, like, it may be a long time before Sarah goes back to Arrow or or Ray goes back to Arrow or a long time until Firestorm or Captain Cold show back up on Flash. And then also there's Heat Wave as well. So, yeah, there's, that's that's a lot of characters that we may not be seeing for a while. Like, how how do you feel about that prospect and so on? Do you think that, that that's something, you know, one season one of Legends of Tomorrow is over, that that they should actually get to go back to to, to those respective shows? Or do you feel like that this is maybe a good thing? Because, you know, since there's so many DC characters that that both of these shows are dealing with right now. Um, You know, I think it's probably a good thing because I think that Legends of Tomorrow is going to need to stand on its own to work. I mean, it's a very difficult concept, like time travel and superheroes. Like, superheroes are difficult enough as it is, but then you add... Super, you add time travel to that, so I think it's good to like kind of keep them the side because I haven't seen the pilot, but like I really hope it's like some there that's a whole about the secret team. Like, I hold I hope their mission's secret, and I hope that that, that gets an idea that they, they need to keep everything secret or else people will travel back in time and hurt them in their past. Um, I would like to see Captain Cold and Victor Garber and all those characters go back to their shows, but at the same time while they're on Legends of Tomorrow, they're going to be traveling throughout all the different time streams. So I think I was reading something about the fact that the like Team Arrow and Team Flash, they won't even know that those characters are gone because you can time travel you know, for 100 years and come back to the exact moment where you left. So it's possible that they may not come back to 2016 until the finale of Legends. And then Ooh, depending cool. on where they want to go in Legends of Tomorrow, 
like season two, if they want to keep any of the cast or if they really are going to make it an anthology show where they reboot the cast every season. I think they're kind of leaving that, that open, but I mean, I would love to see Sarah come back to arrow, especially because I love her relationship with Laurel and her relationship with her dad, but it's possible that this is where they're going to spend the bulk of their time. And I think that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with it, but also against it at the same time. Because look, I, I love that as we have gotten for Firestorm and Captain Cold and Heat Wave, and you know it's. I mean, like I just want Victor Garber back in the Star Labs crew and just like having fun with Esco, but and Captain Cold is just one of the greatest villains of all time. So, but I, you know, I agree with Jason because I feel that you know something like Legends Tomorrow, which you know it's it's not based on a comic, it's not based on anything pre-existing. You know, it's gonna have. It's gonna have to really prove itself to be its own thing, and uh, so maybe maybe it's necessary that that some, whether or not they do an anthology series or they keep with the same cast for season two, if there is a season two, that they may need to stick around with some of those characters to kind of sell the idea of Letters Tomorrow. So, but also I don't know, I'm sure we can maybe see a guest spot or two at some point, like maybe you know in a flashback or whatever. But but yeah, I guess like we might be. We might not see our favorite rogues and uh, our fiery hero for a while, then. But, but yeah. But you know, but I'm excited for Legends, which will premiere just in a day, and we will get to why you. We'll, we'll get to a little bit later why you should especially listen to Legends Marvel podcast now if you're a big fan of the Black Podcast. So, but those are all the news for this week. So let's jump right into the winter premiere of the Flash episode ten, potential energy, and let's start with. And I'm sorry if I'm going to chuckle. For, I'm going to chuckle at this a few times because I still can't believe that the, the big bad we had for this week is a character named the Turtle. I'm like, <laughs> I, like it's after seeing what they did, it was awesome. But the name itself will always make me smile like a doofus. So, Jason, what did you feel of the character of the Turtle in? Uh, in the I mean, the I'm with you, dude, because the Turtle in the comic books is really kind of ridiculous, and he's one of these Golden Age, Silver Age villains that you're just like, oh, come on. But, like, I think they did some good things by, like, casting Aaron Douglas from Battlestar Galactica in the role. Um, even though he didn't have much to do, um, it, 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 um, it really helped. And also, it, it kind of helped in the story by having him be this villain that, like, everybody else knew about except for Barry. Like, when there was that recurring gag where, like, Barry's like, why did nobody tell me about this guy? Um, I also thought that the scenes where he slowed down uh, everybody's kinetic energy w- looked great. So I, I dug him. I would like to see him come back. That was interesting. I, I thought for sure that Turtle would be his temporary name, and then Cisco would give him some sort of timey wimey name. Uh, I thought I thought he was one of the darker villains that we've seen on the show, because you know it felt a little Gothamy at the end there when he had his wife preserved in that case and he was about to preserve Patty. I had this moment where I was thinking. Wow, this guy's kind of like the doll maker. He's a really I mean, I don't know if he's written that way in the comics or if that was just the spin on him for this episode. But the fact that he was trying to like preserve human beings, I thought was super creepy. And I thought it was definitely interesting to include a villain who can slow down time because we've been talking about like speed and super speed and you know, could they use someone's powers like that to potentially stop Zoom? I thought it was creative, but it was definitely, I thought it was really dark for the Flash. Yeah, I agree with that because, and yeah, once again, we're dealing with a character called Turtle, which, you know, I, I looked it up a little bit on, on Wiki and stuff like that. And yeah, he's, 
nothing like the one we saw last night for sure. It was definitely like you know they were kind of borrowing from the character, but not entirely. And uh, I I will I will say this: the costume choice they gave for him was kind of like it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but also kind of clever because it was this green jacket that you know that had like shell looking things on it but like it wasn't like that he put on a shell like you know i'm the turtle and i i just love the visuals of how they slow down time and i liked that it was a very green effect you know and kind of because it's kind of funny because in real life green kind of means go but in this time green kind of in this instance green meant stop and yeah so it was definitely you know you were mentioning that it felt like a gotham villain lauren and you know, I didn't really make that connection, but that, that that I do agree. That kind of felt like something that Gotham would have done, uh, for sure. And but yeah, no, I overall, I I, I thought he was uh, a lot of fun. Um, Aaron Douglas, who I, I haven't seen him on Battlestar, but he was uh, a big bad on Hellcats, which was sadly only for one season on the CW. But he, he was a great show, and he was uh, a corrupt. Um, um, football university football manager or something like that, and uh, so yeah, he he D- Douglas knows how to play bad guys, and mm-hmm. um, I I don't know if based on the ending, uh, which we will get to a little bit later, and so on, I could he come back or was that it for him? I think he'll come back. I, I think he'll you'll see him be involved somehow with the takedown of Zoom, or we'll see him again somehow because like. I don't know. For me, you don't cast an actor like Aaron Douglas in that part and then never see him again. Well, they they get they got rid of Edge uh, after just one episode as the Adam Smasher. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would put Aaron Douglas a little, quite a bit above that guy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a good point. But uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, I hope he comes back, and especially like you said, playing with Zoom and Zone because Zoom doesn't seem to have a lot of weaknesses, and maybe. Maybe the turtle or the turtle's power c- could be a key to that. Um, unless Fia from Air decides to stop by, and apparently her bloodlust is also something that can take down the villain. But uh, but I guess we will see. So another interesting element of last night's episode was finally getting to know Wally West. And specifically, I think we talked about this. How soon was it going to take Wally West to really become a part of the West family? And I think they portrayed his reaction very accurately. You know, he he meets this family that he never knew that he had. And his dad is a detective, but didn't know that he had a son. And he, he kind of gave that jab to him when, when uh, Joe took Wally and Iris to meet Captain Singh. And Singh was trying to praise Joe for being this amazing detective. And Wally says something really snarky, like, uh, if you say so, or I forget exactly what he said. But essentially, you can you can feel that Wally is extremely disappointed that that his dad never came to find him. And I think that's a very natural reaction to a child who finds out that they have a parent that they didn't know they had. And, you know, to throw in kind of a a speedster theme, he's a drag racer. So Andy, what did you think about uh, Wally's reactions to Joe and Iris? I also I I agree that that it's understandable that he, you know, he, he's allowed to be angry that he knew because it's, it's a big thing when you find out that you had this dad this all this whole time, as well as a big sister and all that. But at the same time, and you know, this episode was written by 
Smallville's Brian K. Miller, who I love. And you know, and he tends to, like, from what I remember about his episodes on that show, that he tends to pack in a lot of things in his episodes. Sometimes it worked great, sometimes not so much. And I felt that in this instance with the whole Wally thing was because, remember, last time we saw him, he was just arriving at their at their doorsteps. And he, you know, we didn't see any resentment, any anger, anything like that. So I felt that there was... It almost felt like there was an episode that we were supposed to have seen, you know, before this to kind of lead up to why he suddenly started to act out a little bit on Joe and so on. Because up up until this point, you know, Joe had only been kind to him and kind of been understanding and stuff like that. And you know, and he was trying. Joe is in a new is in a new position as well. And even though he's been a father to Iris and a surrogate dad for, for Barry all these years, this is a he's having an actual son now. So it's new for him, and I felt that. For Wally to be like, you know, yeah, you're a crappy detective, and, you know, like, how did you not know about me, and stuff like that, is, it kind of came a little bit of nowhere, but at the same time, I understand anger, but, uh, but that's just how I feel about it. I agree with you, I feel that there were, there is, like, some sort of, it does seem like there are some scenes that were missing, um, I don't know how much they would have added to the overall episode, um, I was more concerned of, like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this cliche that that writers do, and I love Brian Q. Miller, that where a kid is like, you know, kind of troubled, and of course, what does he do? He's a street racer in these like super expensive, like $50,000 hot rod cars that no kid his age could ever afford. And the funny thing about it is, is that Smallville did the same exact cliche um, with Pete Ross, and I've and never been a big... Clark. Yeah, and I've I've never been a big fan of that. I think that it, it, like that was the one part that I, I get that they were like, oh, well, he likes speed as well, which will lead him into the the whenever he gets his flash powers too. But like that was the one part that knocked me out of it because I liked everything else. I liked the guff that he was given Joe and and the stuff like that. But like when they cut to that that um, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna race some cars down a street. I was like, uh, no. Although I liked what he why he did it though because he was trying to pay off his mom's medical bills i felt that was because even though the method isn't necessarily the right one he does show that he has a big heart and that he cares for his mom and so on that you know because you know, remember, remember she's she's dying mm-hmm. yeah I, I i like that i i agree that it is a bit of a stereotype that you know troubled youth comes into town and that there's all of a sudden all these relational issues. I think it would have been refreshing if, if maybe that wasn't the case, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense. And I I think we talked about this in the, the winter finale episode, if Francine was still alive and now we know that she is, and I think she's going to be in next week's episode. So the fact that, yeah, it did feel like there was something missing because he came to Central City and I thought he came to meet Joe and Iris and potentially live with them if his mom had passed away. But now he's really just here to race and to and to win and to make money. It was it was definitely an interesting way to introduce Wally. But I think it could it could turn out well. And I liked that Joe like was really humble at the end of the episode and he apologized when Wally said, well, don't expect me to apologize. Like Joe took the first step to apologize for putting so much pressure on him. And I thought that was really sweet how he decided, you know what, let's just take the pressure off. Let's just get to know each other because if you've never met someone and all of a sudden you're related to them, you can't assume that 
all of a sudden there'll be that instant connection and, and everyone will get along great. So I think that was a, a pretty accurate reflection of what happens when someone finds out that they have family that they didn't know that they had. Um, what did you guys think about the bomb that Jay Garrick dropped at the end of the episode about him being sick and potentially dying? You I wasn't ahead, a fan it. of it. I, I really, I, I really wasn't a fan of it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know whether like his sickness is going to lead them to finding a new cure. Um, Jay Garrick being sick is not typically anything from the comic books either. So I, I don't know where they're going with this besides that they wanted to progress the Caitlin story a little bit more. Like they wanted like to give Caitlin something to do. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it because my biggest complaint about the season is that they haven't done really for me anything with Jay Garrick. Like Jay Garrick showed up and in the first two episodes he was awesome and you were like, this is going to be so cool. And then they opened the portal to Earth 2 and he was like, I'm just going to stay on your Earth for a while. And they're all like, why? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I like Halen. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll just stay here. I like your big belly burger. I mean, like, they didn't really explain that enough for me, like, why he decided to stay. And to me, to fight Zoom is not a strong enough z- reason because Zoom is all across the multiverse. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried about that storyline. That, that was another thing that I didn't quite like in this episode. I gotta agree, and it's because... And like you said, there isn't anything like it in the comic or something. So it's like it's kind of hard to say. Well, well, are they just pulling the whole? Well, he's getting sick, so that that's why we really need to get his speed back, which you know he probably will get eventually. Or is this an indicator of you know we're doing something completely different from the comics, where Jagger will never get his speed back or anything like that, and he will die if we don't get the cure that he needs at some point. Um, yeah, I, it kind of felt like it felt forced. Um, and yes, I, I agree. You know, it, it does give Caitlin something to do, but it's like, well, there's two ways to th- that this can end. Either one, he, you know, they defeat Zoom and Jay gets his speed speed force back, or they 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 defeat Zoom, but they do it too late and Jay is already dead. And I don't know, like I. It makes me worried about what they're doing now with Jay Garrett for the rest of the season and so on. But, you know, it's like I said, we're only one episode in in the new half. So, like, there's there's tons of things they can do. But I'm still hoping by episode 15 that he will have his speed back um, and be running with Barry and so on. Because yeah, I, I love Teddy Sears and I don't want to, and I don't want him to get killed off after just one season just because they decide to, yeah, we decided to do something different. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I want Jay Garrick to stay around for the long term. Because I think it would be awesome if Jay Garrick became a member of like Legends of Tomorrow in its second season or something. I, I would like that. That would be a great way that they could make it an anthology series. Because they could make it all about Earth 2 characters in Legends of Tomorrow season 2. That would be awesome. I would be down to see more of Jay Garrick on Legends of Tomorrow. If you if you if you guys haven't noticed this season, Lauren has like she's, I think she's in love with Jay. Like she 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 I think Jay is one of her favorite new characters of all time. If uh, if if I may speculate for a second, Lauren. Yes, it's true. I have a huge crush on Jay Garrick. I was really sad when he said that he was dying, and yeah, it didn't make sense at all because if his speed is the only thing that can cure him, then he should have been working on a cure that much faster but maybe he was just at the point maybe why he's staying in earth one is that he's done everything he knows to do and 
Like he's tired of trying to fix himself. And so he's just resigning to spend his last days with Caitlin. But I loved what Caitlin said. She called him out on, hey, you know that my fiance died or my husband died. And if you're dying and you're getting close to me, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, you, you know, I think that was really appropriate of her to call him out. But Andy, you're right. We have a lot of season two left and it's, it's possible that as they work together, they'll figure something out. And if they can restore his speed, maybe they can take away zoom speed as some kind of anti speed force or something. Agreed. Um, now let's move. Now there, there was a big, a big thing in this episode. We had, you know, the Patty and Bear relation took a very interesting turn where I think, I think, I don't think, we saw coming. We know that it, at some point there was going to be an obstacle, but I think we didn't know it was going to happen this soon. Uh, Barry is, is struggling with whether or not to tell Patty his secret, and throughout the whole episode, you know, Iris is you know being there helping him, kind of telling that he should that he should do that, and you know, and uh, while Team Flash is kind of a little bit, um, hesitant to that and so on, but and we see how this all plays out. Uh, Jason, how do you feel that they dealt with? the Patty and Barry dynamic and, and how that resulted in the end. Well, I'm going to give you my exact thoughts. Remember episode one of se- of this season where uh, Barry's dad was just like, hey, Barry, I love you. I just got out of prison after 15 years. See ya. <laughs> That's the, I felt we got a repeat of this scene. Like, I felt that Patty, like, just suddenly being like, hey, I've got this CSI degree thing that I've had for four years that I've never told anybody about for ten episodes now, and I'm going to go do it. Bye. <laughs> like, that that's what I thought that scene was, because, like, I think Patty was such an amazing love interest for Barry. I, I think I love the, the love between them more than him and Iris. Um, I thought she was great. I thought she was killing it. I think it's so weird that they decided to write her out of the show um, unless they're going to do something. Now, I could be wrong. They Unless they're going to surprise us with us meeting the Earth 2 Patty, which and there's going to be something over there. But I think she should have stuck around, and I don't understand why they wrote her out. Lauren, what do you think? An Earth 2 Patty would be really really interesting i i i agree i felt like it was abrupt now i i wasn't really feeling their chemistry so um i know a lot of people are really enjoying their their relationship and their dynamic like for her just to leave i thought was very strange and i'm always kind of wary of when writers introduce a character just to move the plot forward and then they pull the character away. I don't think that's the best way to tell a story. I think if you're going to write a character in, he or she needs to be there for a very special like like special reason. So for her just to be there for a few episodes, get put in danger and then all of a sudden for her to go, it seemed a bit anticlimactic because you know, Wells kept telling Barry, you know, don't tell Patty your secret. Don't put her in harm's way. So there was this fear of like a looming threat. What if Zoom found out about Patty? But now Patty's gone. So like that fear and that threat that kind of dissipated. But in terms of just Patty's arc on the show, it does make sense. So like in terms of, in terms of Barry's relationship with her, I don't see how that fits into what Barry's experiencing, but in terms of just Patty, 
she joined the the metahuman task force because Mark Martin killed her dad and she was dealing with all of that guilt. And then in the winter finale, she had an opportunity to exact revenge and the flash talked her down and now he's in jail. So for her, like I can see why Patty would leave because really she wasn't in central city to be in a relationship. She was in central city to get closure on the death of her father. So she got that closure Martin is behind bars and now she's ready to move on. So I think I would have enjoyed her arc a little bit better if her and Barry hadn't been dating because then the whole arc would have just been about her getting closure on her dad. But the fact that they're dating and now that like she's gone, that did seem a little, it seemed abrupt, but I can understand it from her perspective because now she really doesn't have any reason to be, in Central City, her boyfriend's giving her the cold shoulder. He's not letting her in. And at this point, she's just ready to move on with her life. Okay, so... Okay, I've been thinking about this hard and so on. Because to me, like, anyone's been listening to the show, my thing it's obvious what I would have said. That I would have been popping champagne be like, you know, she's gone! But for me, I... I'm mixed with it. Because even though, like I said, I, I agree with you, Laura, I didn't really see... You know, yes, they were cute together and stuff like that, but I, you know, I wasn't as sold on their relationship as maybe others were. But so, so yeah, like a breakup was, you know, it was coming, and you know, and we we knew it would happen at some point, and because you know that's that's how relationship works on television. You know, nothing stays perfect forever. Um, but I will say this though that. Okay, let's remember what we saw them last time. They were spending Christmas together. They were having a great time, being happy. And then all of this happens. It feels, once again, if I can go back to my previous argument, that there, it feels like that there's an episode in between episode 9 and 10 that that either exists but just didn't that just it's just not being aired or it's it's supposed there's supposed to be something there like like a like a comic tie-in or something like that to kind of say well there are some issues going on between the two of them and so on and you know barry is having all these hesitations and stuff like that and yeah i if i i'm not i'm not i'm, not, I'm no writer so i can't say that i would have done this better or anything like that but what i would have preferred is if they use this episode, like if because I know that um, Chantel Van Sano, she who plays Patty, she ha- she's doing a pilot for USA Network. Now I don't know if she's already filmed it or if she's about to film it, but I understand if you know I know she had other commitment as well. So I understand if they had to kind of like kind of start to head her towards you know the, the wrap up. But if I if it, I if in my world I would prefer if they started setting up that there were issues between her and Barry going on, Barry is struggling with whether or not to tell her, and she is trying to struggle with, you know, whether or not she should stay in Central City or not, now that she's, you know, her 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 dad's killer is in prison, and her boyfriend is kind of being unconnected with her and so on, and then in the following episode, they, had, they could have executed and said, you know, like, this is just not working out anymore, I need to leave, and I need to focus on something else, but they, it just happened. Every, every, there was just so much going on in this episode, and yeah, what I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I don't know if we will see Earth Two Patty when they do their little Earth Two thingy in a few weeks. But yeah, and, and even I, who wasn't too warm on Patty, felt that it was maybe a little bit abrupt, uh, a little bit odd how they did it so quickly in a premiere after what we saw of them in the finale. But I don't know, like, 
maybe she will come back in the in the in the very last few episodes or like what do you guys do you think she is coming back at any point i don't know i i, I think i don't think she's done I, I think we will see her again um i and i and i just hope that when she comes back there is a purpose for why she left that's all i ask well, well we yeah, kind of got that though I, with with her going to school it, I think in terms of Chantel, she was she was filming a pilot after the Flash would have filming this episode. So it's possible that if the show gets picked up and she goes into a full series production, that she might not be back specifically because Chantel isn't available. But if the pilot doesn't get picked up, then maybe they'll write her back in. So it could be a job situation. Although I guess that's something they could have maybe thought of a little bit better before she, like, you know, when I don't know when she was getting cast better, and so maybe there should have been some sort of discussion about, well, we have this arc going on between her and Barry right now. Like, it, you know, like isn't it going to be a little bit odd if we then have to wrap up her her element in uh, after episode ten? But if she comes back, and like I, said, I you know, maybe she will, maybe she won't. Uh, but if she comes back, all I hope for is that she's used as something else out of a love interest, you know, because, like, wasn't this literally the first time that Barry and Iris, uh, I mean, uh, Iris and Patty actually had a scene together? Like, it's First of all, it's rare whenever any of these female characters are actually on screen together. I, I don't know why the writers feel like that they had to hold them a, away from each other. But, like, for the first time, they actually, you know, she... Patty was not just around Barry or Joe all the time, and and even though the, it, you know their conversation was about Barry, I liked seeing them actually you know just hanging out and talking and so on. And that it didn't have to be this well because I'm with Barry, I can you know like we can't be near each other or anything like that. Um, but if she comes back, what would you guys want her her role to be as? Um, you know, in, instead of just of a love interest. I don't know. I like. I think she could stick around and be a great partner for Joe because I do think it's weird when Joe doesn't have a partner. Um, that that's something that I've been missing, and and uh, since Eddie left, um, I think it's better that Joe has somebody else instead of just kind of wandering around by by himself. You know. And Lauren. I don't know what I would like to see her do if she's going to school to be a forensic. Uh, to study forensics like Barry it's possible that she could come back and maybe do an internship at the police department or do something very similar to what Barry's doing because what if, if she she's comes a... back and Barry's her boss <laughs> that would be really interesting <laughs> yeah so if Patty's leaving then Joe's going to need a new partner but we haven't gotten any casting announcement for a new partner have we not when I so. know huh okay I don't. I. I actually. I don't think she has. I don't think they have talked about it. Maybe he's just like I'm. I'm done. I don't want to. They either die or they just leave me. He's like you know, Joe is maybe going for the emotional rollercoaster. Like you know, <laughs> I don't need no partner. They just leave me or die. Joe's I can't part- deal with the feels. <laughs> Joe's partners is, is like Iris's bosses, like or the mayor keep- candidates in Star, exactly. in Star City. <laughs> they just keep rotating through new people. When does Iris's boss? premiere on the show i think is it next week or a couple weeks from now i i don't think it's next week because next week is seems to be so much on reverse fl- whoops uh, well people knew people knew he was coming back uh, on reverse <laughs> flash uh why do you think that, that was a spoiler um seems so much to be on about reverse i think it's episode 12 or 13 
Cool. Well, um, let's let's keep moving forward. Let's talk about Harry. And I love that they call him Harry. Even in my recaps that I'm writing, I just call him Harry Wells so that people know uh, who we're talking about. So in the winter finale, Harry got to see his daughter, Jessie, for a half a second. And in that moment, Zoom pretty much is blackmailing him to sabotage the Flash, but not to sabotage the Flash in a negative way, not to hurt him, to actually make the Flash better, which is so much like what the reverse Flash was doing in season one. And I feel like Tom Cavanaugh's character has come completely full circle because now he's a member of Team Flash and he's going to make Flash faster, but he's lying to everybody about his purposes. So, like, do you guys agree with what Wells is doing? Or do you think there's a better way to do it? Andy, what are your thoughts? Circle back to me. I'm, I need to think more about it. Okay, Jason? I think it's still... Uh, I, we, and we talked about this when I was on the last episode. I think it's a double cross. I don't think he's actually working for Zoom. I think he's work, making Zoom think that he's working for him. He's actually going to work for Flash. And there's going to be a moment... Um, but of course, we're gonna. This is a television show, and we have to play with some nice drama. So let's play around with it for a while. Um, to be honest with you, I thought that Harry Wells actually gave Barry the best advice about Patty um, to not tell her. Like I kind of, I actually kind of surprised me in the episode how everybody was like, "Yeah, tell her. Yeah, tell her. No problems there. Go for it, man." Because like twenty five people in this universe know that he's the flash, and for me that's kind of a problem when you have a superhero with a secret identity. So I appreciated when Harry was like, Don't tell her. The minute you tell her, you're gonna be you're putting her in danger. Um but uh I, I, I again I do think he's he's double crossing Zoom. I don't think there's any way he's actually working for Zoom. I, I gotta agree that there because like I said I feel that even though as as much of a dick that Harry is on Earth 2, I don't think a man like him would give in to Zoom that easily. Uh, and I think that he's de- definitely double-crossing him. And I hope that's what they're doing because I... Look, I loved Tom Cavanaugh playing the the, Her- the, the Eobard Fawn looking like Harrison Wells in Season 1 and the complexity he gave us. But the beauty with multiverse is that you can get different takes on the character and I don't want to see another evil Tom Cavanaugh because I feel like we you know not that I don't like it I just have, I just feel that we've already seen it why should we repeat ourselves we should do I agree we should do something different because he is a multi-layered actor that can do more things than just being evilly witty and all that and um and also jason as you were mentioning that you know that about 25 people knows about barry's secret i was starting to ca- i actually started counting all the characters the series regulars on the era and the there's Flash it's a lot of people that know his yeah. secret yeah i like if you add all those people together like on arrow flash and Legends tomorrow all the series regulars like yeah you're pretty much coming up to 25 i think quinton is oh poor quinton never knows anything quinton is the only one that probably doesn't know about barry being the flash <laughs> it's always <laughs> the detective never knows on star city right yeah. how ridiculous is that <laughs> yeah oh well although, although i i will give him some slack because i'm like well he's not in, in central city but it's like you, you talk up. You met Barry Allen after he got struck by lightning, and you hear about this Flash guy in, in Central City. It's oh, Quentin. Maybe it's time to do something else. I'm just saying. Um, let's let's talk about the final scene of of this episode, which is the return of 
one bastardly known as Ebert Fawn, who will be played by Matt Letcher uh, again. And he is showing up uh, in the... Um, I don't know what the year was, but it's it's definitely the night of when he was trying to kill Nora Allen. But he gets stuck. We see Gideon again. And uh, Jason, what do you think? Um, I don't know. Can, can we talk about the uh, the trailer that's for the next episode too, or we want to save that? Yeah, we we can we can save that for the spoiler section. So you know what? How about this? We skip this point because there's not much to say. It's just a repeat of what we saw last season, and we will then do a full discussion in the spoiler section. So, um. And it needs to write up these discussion topics better next time. Uh, because, yeah, this makes so much more sense to talk about in the, in the spoilers. So, overall, guys, as, as, a, as a whole about this episode, what, you know, any final thoughts you want to give? Um, Lauren, I'll start with you. I just want to talk about Cisco. I laughed so many times at his one-liners last night. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one... What does he say? Oh, he, oh, my God. I can't remember. He says something about... When they're going to get dressed up to go to the art event. And I wish I could remember what it was. I think he says something about Jay Garrick looking good in a suit. And then he's like, I don't know. Cisco says something like that. He's 6'2". He said, that sounds like Team Flash material to me. Something like that. Um, It made no sense to me why he said, oh, so shooting Harry Wells. And this is not me trying to bash Patty. Oh, that's right. It was about Patty. Yeah. That, that was adorable. Everything Cisco said in last night's episode was adorable. I think Carlos Valdez has really hit a stride with Cisco in terms of his one-liners. Because I know that in the crossover episode, that line about you're just jealous about my conditioner, that that was an ad-lib. <laughs> and I think that Carlos has really embraced Cisco because you can feel the ease with which he delivers all those lines and I really liked seeing the flash out like the team flash outside of Star Labs I thought they looked fantastic Uh, I thought Danielle looked amazing in her dress and everyone was in their suits it's fun when the team gets to go on assignment and they get to leave Star Labs so I thought it was a really solid episode and again I think I think Wally's reaction to Joe is very natural and I'm excited to see him kind of get past that, like, abandonment. You know, while he's dealing with abandonment, essentially. And I'm excited to see him kind of get through that. And hopefully he can have some good bonding scenes with Iris. Because you can tell right now that Wally doesn't really like Barry. I mean, he called him the white shadow. Oh, I was like, oh my god, are we really going there? Like, I'm like, are we really going with color now? Or, like, is this just supposed to be, like... Don't t- don't take it too seriously. It's just a it's just a minor quip because I was like, damn, they went that that went deep, especially on how Twitter reacted to it. Well, if you think about it, I mean, Wally could see that he was replaced by a white boy, which you know you can't ignore that fact, and so I think the line was appropriately delivered. And Jason, um, overall, I thought this episode, um, I was gonna say, like, was not as strong as I thought the finale was. Um, I thought the villain was great. I thought the turtle was a great introduction. I hope we see him again. Um, I think Wally West killed it in this episode. But like the little stuff, I felt like it had a. There was a little couple of storylines that I didn't quite buy, and for me, that kind of like brought the whole episode down. Again, Patty's sudden departure and just really didn't make sense. And then also the Jay Garrick mystery disease kind of like didn't really quite work for me. And also as well, anytime you bring up a, a Fast and the Furious cliche, I'm I'm kind of out. But 
Um, I think the finale was much stronger, but I'll be honest with you, I think the final scene of the episode sets up, I think, an even better episode next week. Exactly. Um, I, well, I think that's well said from both of you. So let's get to a few feedback, a few tweets from our listeners. So, Lauren, what did the people on Twitter have to say? All right. Will M. Polk tweeted, very good episode, closed some storylines and opened up some new ones. Crispy47 tweeted, I'm so glad the Flash is back. I'm shocked that Patty is leaving. What is Harry up to? And reverse Flash? What? Uh, Defly on DeWall tweeted, never let Dr. Wells pick your nose. Uh, no, you don't want to do that. Uh, and Tan May DC 777 tweeted, The Flash versus Turtle was just brilliant. Although the episode was a bit shaky, overall it was quite good. Thumbs up. And then the little emoticon with the sun. I buttons. agree with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, that's pretty much a good sum, sum up to this whole episode. And guys, if you want to have your thoughts read on this show, you tweet us at the Flash Podcast after the new episode is aired, whether it's on the East Coast or the West Coast, or you can email us your longer thoughts to theflashpodcast at gmail.com. Now, let's do some quick plugs so we can get to the spoiler section. So, Jason, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, and I have a YouTube channel with that same spelling where you can find uh, Supergirl recaps, uh, Legends of Tomorrow recaps, and even Asian Carter recaps. And I do a podcast called Geek History Lesson, geekhistorylesson.com. It's on all the places you can listen. And don't forget that uh, starting next week, every weekday, you can see me at the DC Comics YouTube channel on DC All Access. Awesome. So I a new episode of Flash and a new episode of DC All Access. It's best of both worlds. So, and Lauren, <laughs> what nice is Nice Star Trek reference. Yeah. I... I actually didn't know that was a Star Trek reference. <laughs> that I I just took it as a reference I heard in high school, but I you know what I I I will take it. I will I will I will I will feel proud of my comment because I really didn't know that was from Star Trek. But yay for me! Uh, Lauren, where can be wow, Lauren, where can people find you on the interwebs? Because you're doing a lot of things. <laughs> All right, um, I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but um. I am a regular uh, associate editor at Comic Book Resources, and I recap The Flash Tuesday nights and Arrow Wednesday nights. I'm also one of the co-founders of The Marvel Report, and we are currently covering Agent Carter news over on themarvelreport.com. I also just launched an Agent Carter fan group called The Carter Core, which we just launched yesterday. So if you guys are Peggy fans, you can follow us at Carter Core on Twitter. And I'm a contributor for the website HitFix, and we cover a lot of news on Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash and Arrow, and co-host this podcast, and I'm the new co-host of Legends of Tomorrow, which kicks off tomorrow. Boom. Lauren is everywhere, literally, and that's awesome. And you can find this podcast on theflashpocket.com, where you can find all the latest news about The Flash, about our podcast, and our episode of course you can find us on facebook twitter instagram vine periscope on all under the flash podcast subscribe to us on itunes rate and reviews because that's the best way to support the show find us on dcpodcast.com which is a, the amazing dc tv podcasting network that we have with uh, tons of other great shows and if you want to find me on twitter you can find me at Andy back and you can find all of my work on heroic hollywood and tv overmind as well as uh, i'm running the mall report and yeah we're 
basically, if you listen to all of our plugs, all three of us are busy people on the internet, which, you know, but you know, we get to, we get to do what we love because we're geeks. So that's going to wrap up this episode, but we're going to do a quick spoiler section for next week's episode of The Flash. So, so if you're, if you're not sticking around for all of our members on the, on the Flash podcast, I'm Andy B. I'm Lauren Galloway. And we will see you next time on the Flash Podcast. heard was the audio from the trailer for next week's episode of The Flash called The Reverse Flash Returns and Lawrence can read the official description of that episode and we're going to do a little discussion about what's coming up. Alright, so official description. He's back. When Cisco gets a vibe of Eobard Thawne guest star Matthew Letcher, Barry and the team don't believe it. But after an attack at Mercury Labs, Christina McGee confirms that the reverse Flash is back. Meanwhile, Iris and Francine, guest star Vanessa Williams, share a nice moment that brings Iris closer to her brother. Wally, uh, Kenyon Lonsdale. Michael Alouettes directed the episode written by Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing, and it will air Tuesday, January 26th. And poor Tina McGee, her labs is all... It, you know what? Her labs is probably the, the arrow cave of, of, of the Flash, where it's like, no security, it's always attacked, it's always invaded, so no one gives Tina a break. Uh, let's speculate a little bit about reverse flash uh jason what what do you think i mean i think it's interesting that they're bringing him back it's an interesting way that that we can still have the man in yellow even and still have the events of season one um from that trailer there's a couple lines where harry says like oh this is his origin story so i'm a little worried that next week might not make much sense like we might not be able to you know fit it into the timeline of the show Especially since supposedly like Reverse Flash has been wiped from existence, but um, I think a Flash show where he fights the Reverse Flash because that's his classic comic book villain is always a, a fun idea to me. I'm I'm really glad that you're gonna be here next week for sure because this is this feel like it's gonna be the Doctor Who episode of the Flash where it's like we're not gonna understand anything. We're gonna have to do multiple rewatches <laughs> and there's gonna be 
like weird words being said. And... I love that you're already putting that out there. You're just like, I, we're just not going to understand it. Yeah, well, but, 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 <laughs> it, t- boy, time travel isn't easy. Like, I, mm. there's a reason I haven't been caught up on the passing of Doctor Who because I think the first two episodes kind of got me confused. But also, time travel in general just gets me confused. But I love it either way. And uh, that's oh my god, that scream that Cisco gives. I, I fell out of my chair when I saw it because I. I know. There's just something funny about Carlos Valles screaming with that high pitch noise or whatever. It was it was just fun. And then what if it's just a suit that he sees and it's not you know, Ebert isn't really standing there. Um Lauren, what are your thoughts about this upcoming episode? I think it's really interesting that that's why the reverse flash is here, is that this is not the Eobard Thon who killed Barry Allen's mother. This is not the Eobard Thon that we knew from last season. Like looking at it linearly, looking at it in terms of like a Doctor Who timeline, like if anyone has seen Doctor Who, Eobard Thon is very much like a river song in the way that we meet her in different times of her life. Like her experience is not linear. So the Eobard Thon that we knew last season, he was at the very end of his time stream. He was at the end of his life because, you know, he died at the end. And like 14 years, was it that he had been in Central City for 14 years or was it 10? I think it was 15, actually. So, like, he spent 15 of his, like, he killed Nora Allen, and then he spent 15 of his years, 15 years of his life in Central City. So, if you go back even further back in his time stream, at some point in Eobard's life, he learned about the Flash. And this is where his obsession came from, and I think people who read the comics are probably more familiar with that. So, the fact that this Eobard Thon has not done any of the nefarious things that we know him to do. It's almost like, like if you met Hitler when he was like 25, could you hold him accountable for all the things that he was going to do in his future? And the answer is, well, no, because he hasn't done them yet. So I think the like team flash is going to have to really figure out how they're going to interact with him because he hasn't done anything wrong yet. And he hasn't killed Nora Allen. So this is not evil Eobard. But we know that at some point he and Barry are going to fight. Because you could see them fighting in the trailer. And it's almost as if, like, do you create your future? Do you prevent your future? So they have to be really careful with, like, what they let Eobard Thon find out about the Flash. Because it's that information that is going to cause him to come back, you know, in the in the past. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's my my thoughts on it. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm just interested how this will result in because with the fact that we there's still the whole question of well, how can Barry still be the Flash if Eobard is dead? Unless it is Doctor Who uh, terminology, a fixed point in time or something, and also will it maybe lead to Barry actually getting those blue lightning eyes that we saw in those first promos of season two, but. But we have to. We will have to wait and see till next week. But that's gonna wrap up our show for this week. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for being here, and we look forward to having you back next week. And it should, should be fun, but also confusing because time sure. travel is confusing. I got so, your back. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Fist bump. And we. Uh, <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week with an all-new episode of the Flash Podcast. <laughs>